Hi there. Hello and welcome. We have a great show for you today, if I say so myself. And I will say so myself. It is a great show today. Brian Gowiski is one of the best OCR athletes in the game. He stops on an episode to talk about training and mindset. Brian is kind of a jack of all trades when it comes to obstacle course racing. And so we really dig into the mechanics of that and how he uses that to set himself apart from the competition. And and we touch touch on a couple other topics like how to systematically attack your weaknesses um, so that you do perform your best on race day, how to use heart rate data to better understand your training and where your strengths and weaknesses lie, and most important, how to approach the race from a mindset perspective so that you feel you're ready to compete against the best of the best. You will enjoy it. I enjoyed it. And if if you do enjoy it, you should drop us a five-star review. Say something nice if you have something nice to say. We would like that very much. All right, here we go. Brian, go whiskey. Brian, go whiskey. What's up, dude? What's up, man? How you doing? Doing great. Thanks for joining me today. It's a Sunday. It's a special weekend edition here. So I appreciate you taking the time. Um, we are going to dive in. We want to talk a lot about the training that you got going on, some of the things when it comes to your mindset. Uh, we talked a little bit before we came on about uh, just who you are as an athlete and, and really how you found success in the sport. But I have a couple like random questions first that we need to figure out. We need to hash this out. Okay. Let's do it. What's your favorite sport to watch? Easy. Football. Football. Definitely, definitely NFL though. The old pigs. You don't do college? No, just to watch the prospects once in a while because I'm a Jets fan and they suck every year. So it's just like by the time October rolls around, we are looking forward to the draft. <laughs> You're a Jets fan? So you live in Charlotte. Are you from Correct. North New Carolina? York. Nope. Grew up oh, in you, New York. Oh, no way. How did, when did not, you make? Not the city. Where did you grow up in New York? Uh, Like actually over near Buffalo. Oh, so, no way. Yeah. What's yeah, the matter I'm, with the Bills? I don't know. Uh, my brother-in-law got me on the Jets train when I was about seven years old. So I don't know. I don't know which is worse, the Jets or the Bills. But The Bills fans, at least, are fun and crazy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they are crazy. I have a lot of family. My parents are from like uh, Syracuse area, and a lot of them migrated west. So they're in like Buffalo, Rochester area. And they are those crazy Bills fans. That, that, oh, what, yeah. what is it called? Um, Bills Mafia. Bills Mafia. Yeah, yeah. like jumping through <laughs> tables. Like my little cousin is that guy, like jumping through <laughs> tables. I was like, oh, there you are. Jeez. So, yeah. So so how the Jets are, they're not going to be good again, are they? I mean, well, the East is going to be kind of open. Yeah. Now, well, right? we're hoping that uh, Jarrett Stidham is not the real deal for the Patriots. And as long and we already know Josh Allen sucks. So I don't know. That's why I think it's a little more open than in years past. Do we think? Do we know Josh Allen sucks? I mean, he's like he's okay. <laughs> I don't know. I just look back to last year against the uh, the cow or not the Cowboys, the, the Texans. Texans in the playoff game, and he just was running down the field, just lateral to nobody. Oh. <laughs> he's just looks like a freak athlete. Like he's so big and he's so I fat, know. and he has this cannon, but he just does like ridiculous things sometimes. And you're just like, man, if yeah. you could just clean that up. But you've been in the league two years. I don't know. He's not like a hard guy to root for. He seems like a good kid. And he's like best friends with Sam Darnold. So it's hard. To, so <laughs> they're, so like, they're like best buds. Good yeah. personality uh, test there. Um, yeah. the, the the most Jets thing ever was when you signed um, – Crap, I forget your running back's Bell, name. Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, I knew it. Like yeah. when they when you went to the Jets, I was like, of course he went to the Jets. Yeah, that's an owner excited? signing right there. Were you excited about that or were you like, oh, my God? Not really because I've – you know, I do study football. Well, not study it, but I'm very in, in, involved or influenced by it. So, like, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts about football. And every they just now – they drive it home that point that running backs are not – they're overpaid and they yeah, don't, bam. you know, you can't do a second contract. So when they gave him like 14 million a year, I said, nah, this ain't going to work. It's not going to be great. And the offense, great. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. Do you think he's going to come back? What do you think is going to happen? Football. What's that? Football? You think we're going to yeah. see it? Yeah, I do. I definitely think we will. I'm hoping because fantasy football is the best. I know. It's like <laughs> like makes, makes my, makes my fall so much more fun. Oh, definitely. Um, so I'm assuming you, you're an Eagles fan. I am. I am. I, yeah. I was like a random fan of like teams growing up, but then I moved. I grew up like an hour and a half 
north of here. It was like, so we were kind of between, so there's some Jets fans where I grew up and like some Giants mm-hmm. fans and Eagles and the Steelers. And, um, but yeah, Eagles, I was, I lived here when they won the Super Bowl. That was awesome. That was oh, man, hilarious sure. time. So, <laughs> um, yeah. And that actually, like the city is really, was really cynical about sports. You know, it was like they felt like they really, like gave the city an edge like and everyone's like kind of it would like ruin people's moods if like the team didn't do well but the yeah. past two years like you could tell like they were just happy from the super bowl they're still like ah whatever we won the super bowl a couple <laughs> years ago whatever happens happens now yeah that was their first unlike- one wasn't it was yeah. that their first one yeah awesome. mm-hmm. um yeah so we're 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 good for probably another year or two until we start getting all crappy <laughs> again um yeah so do you have like a pet peeve a pet peeve hmm I don't think so. I'm pretty relaxed on everything. <laughs> like everything? Nothing is nothing bothers you? But you know what? This just happened today, and this would be a pet peeve. Some people leaving their grocery carts in the parking lot when Dude. I pull into a parking spot. Uh, drives me crazy. That's just, like, that's just like disrespectful for the people who work at the grocery store. It's like, yeah, yeah someone's going to go and collect it, but like their job is not to go around the entire parking lot picking up your shit. I know. I know. That's why I, I did the good thing, and I just I pulled my truck up in a little bit, got out, moved the cart, pulled my truck in all the way, and then I used that cart. So nice. Uh, you- you know, I don't need any kudos, but it's a pretty big deal. <laughs> <laughs> He's a pretty good guy. He's a good guy who would see that. That's it's like, did you when you were doing that? Did you think that about yourself? You're like, you know what? This is what a good guy would do. Yeah, and, uh, I'm a good guy. Yeah, that's a good yeah. one. Um, what's your favorite OCR venue? Mm, it's probably Temecula, California. Really? Um, yeah. So I spent some time in San Diego. Actually, when I got into OCR, I'm sure we'll get into that a little bit, but I was living in California at the time and it was, uh, they were still doing Vale Lake, uh, California. You ever heard of that venue? What is it? Vale Lake in Temecula. No. They don't go there anymore, but it was one of their, their more popular venues. It's just like mountains around a lake. So I don't know. It's just very pretty out there. And that's uh, Southern California wine country, right? I've actually been to Temecula. Yeah, I think the, I think well, like Nor is it NorCal more wine country? It I is. Believe? It is, but yeah. like if I think there is a whole string of wineries right in Temecula, like that's Southern yeah, California. Right. Jeez, man, I have a bad memory, but I think <laughs> you. I guess you're right because I used to golf down that way, and I remember seeing a lot of vineyards. So you didn't go there for the wine; you went there for obstacle course racing right <laughs> yeah and that's it's nice it would be nice to do a race on that because you could always count on the weather um being yeah. like fine if there's not like fires and stuff mm-hmm. um I, for, I thought for sure you were gonna say Asheville. i was like this is a layup <laughs> i've had pretty good luck at Asheville, but uh and it is pretty like i guess like now that i'm an east coaster that's probably my favorite venue Asheville, mm. actually west virginia is beautiful too i do like west virginia West Virginia is just fair. It's just like a course that has a little bit of everything. So like no one's at an extreme advantage or disadvantage. Like you just have to be ready to go there. Yeah. Yeah. I really like that. We haven't had a race there. That's not a a championship either. So like, you know, it's not haven't podiumed at that course yet. Just put it that way. Right. Right. Then the the stakes are a little bit higher. The competition (laughs) is always great. Yeah. That's West Virginia is a really good one. Yeah. Um, if you go back and give your like 18 year old self advice, like what would you tell yourself? Mm, man, well, I went into the military and at the time I thought I wasn't making the right choice, but I am pretty happy with that choice. Uh, I kind of just wish I would have went in with some more, uh, uh, what can, what am I trying to think of here? Uh, maturity. <laughs> <laughs> mm. yeah just you know i i didn't really uh i was doing a lot of partying and drinking and uh made a lot of stupid mistakes so i kind of just wish i would have would have had my head on screwed on tighter <laughs> how do you think you could have done that like because I, I i had like that same type of of issue right like going in and not and not having focus properly but like what yeah. do you think we could have told like what made you what did put your like screw on your head properly then like what came around? Well, I guess just, you know, the Marine Corps does that for me. Uh, they help mm. out a lot, a lot of, you know, you do the basic training and your whole time is spent becoming a man, basically, you know, the, you get, they, 
drill instructors will knock you down to feel you like you're nothing. And then, you know, you come out, you accomplish all these things while you're in basic training and you're like, man, I'm capable of a lot. And, you know, you come out stronger and, and, uh, wiser. And, and when that. you go, when you go into basic training now that you're, you're, you're older now and you have time to like kind of reflect on it. Like, I don't know anything about it. I didn't, I was in the military. I've never really actually thought about it until this point. Like, do, does it feel like systematic to that point? Do you, does it feel like that they do things with the purpose to make, like help drive you toward becoming more of a man or does it feel then and now just like, Oh, they just want to knock me down just to see if I get up. Well, no, I think the, uh, the former is more correct because like I, I, I went in, I mean, I say I didn't have my head screwed on tight, but I was out of the, some of the guys that were there, you know, I feel like I, I had a little bit more discipline going in. I grew up in a household with my dad where like, you know, I was, I wasn't, I was a worker, you know, like I, I had a lot of chores. So like I, there, I had responsibilities. So going in to the military, like I was used to having that authoritative figure telling me, you know, and following instructions, some guys go in and they're not used to that. It's like, you know, they don't listen to anybody. So, hmm. and when I see like guys like that kind of straighten out, I, and I, I just trust their process. And I've seen, like my younger bro- or my older brother was in and I've seen some of his friends go in and come out on the other side before I had went in. And it's what it, the system that they have is just, it's, it be, it just makes you like people become more of a man and it's just, uh, they just, yeah, I guess they're just wiser. Like I said before. Hmm. And like, like you can actually see it happening during the process or do you see it like months or years later? Like, Oh, okay. Or can you see it like, Oh yeah. Yeah. You see it in there. Like when you go in and they're getting yelled at constantly and they got to do all these, uh, like, I don't know. I can't remember if it was burpees or pushups in the sandbox, but you know, they send you out there and you're doing all that work. Um, and you see as you go on, they don't talk back, you know, they talk back less and less. So, and they're doing less and less, push-ups and burpees so you know they're starting to figure it out and yeah yeah like okay i don't need to be an a-hole <laughs> yeah. yeah i guess i guess it is because i always just assumed it was just like okay we you need to prepare these people in case we need to go into action right like and we need to have but having that system of, around building discipline and, and and giving them the tools to be a functioning adult right well i mean that's that is the idea behind it. You know, they, they want you, your leaders want you to respect them. So when you go into combat and you are in these situations where you need to follow your, your senior leadership, like you need to make sure that these guys are going to follow orders and, and, uh, it's just a discipline, man. Just, yeah. And it can be twofold that way, right? Like a discipline for following the leaders and also, to when they come out and be becoming come out the other side mm-hmm. better and, and more prepared. Um, well, cool, man. Um, so tell me a little bit more about yourself, not people listening, who you are as an athlete and what you got going on in OCR. Yeah. Like I said, I, I grew up in, uh, in New York, like in the, the country. And like I said before, my dad was, uh, you know, he, I was a worker for, you know, I did a lot of work for him, a lot of, a lot of hand tools and stuff like that. So I think, and then I went into the military with where you do all those pull-ups and stuff. So I think a lot of my grip strength for OCR comes from, from that, like a construction background. And, uh, and I didn't start running actually until I was in 10th grade. And hmm. I was convinced to do join cross country cause I was more of a ball sport guy, uh, basketball and, and baseball. But I got into cross country and then I, I almost went down. I, I didn't have like serious offers for cross country. I mean, you've seen my times. I'm not the fastest guy, but there was a couple like local colleges that were going to bring me in. But I uh, decided to go into the military because it was kind of a family deal. My dad was in, my older brother was in, and uh, my grades weren't that good in school. So I went into the, into the military, did four years, a couple of deployments to Afghanistan. Then I uh, went back to college after I got out on the GI Bill and and studied criminal justice, and uh, then I found OCR. Well, actually, I found OCR right after the military. And, uh, yeah, I think 
I just needed something to get me away from the bar scene. <laughs> I was 21 now, so I could get into bars. And uh, <laughs> if you know anything about the military, you know that a lot of it's kind of a party when you're not overseas. So, uh, yeah, I found OCR and I was able to use some of my, uh, the running, the, the physical training we did in the military kind of, kind of kept me in shape. Uh, but I was doing more trips to the bars than I was training just <laughs> or running, the damage. Making, yeah, yeah, yeah. making ends, just making sure I could pass the PT test in the right. military. <laughs> but then I found OCR in 2012. Yeah, yeah, it was 2012. It was Spartan was my first race. And, uh, yeah, kind of just took off from there. Well, I had a friend out there that wanted to do a race for a, a like a running race, one race a month for a year. Mm. So like January was a Spartan race, February was a tough mutter, and then we like did a 5K in March and so on. And I found I loved OCR a lot more than I did the running, the road and trail racing. So yeah, I just kind of fell in love with it, and I was pretty good at it. And you know, I didn't run a Saturday heat, so I, I missed the Hobies and the Hunter competition because that, that was big over there in Val Lake or in Temecula. But uh, I did a Sunday race, and I did pretty good in it. So, Where'd you end up? The first – well, I think the first time I did an open wave. I had to have been an open wave, and I was just like – passing everybody i was like why I, I just like left my friends i said i can't walk this guys i gotta go and <laughs> and i probably won the open heat i'm assuming i, I don't really, you know everybody gets mixed in but then the following year i came back and i did the sunday race the elite wave and i got second in that one mm. so yeah and then i think i just kind of just went for it went Kept after going it. after it because it, it was it wasn't super crowded at that time you know you still like hobie and cody were running things and uh some other people but those were the two big names and did you find when you first went into it that just like the background in general that you had like some endurance training you know you you worked with your hands so your hands and your wrists and your grips are already strong and um you have the mentality from the military and like just all that kind of blended together that kind of are a lot of the principles of obstacle course racing did you find that that was just naturally in kind of like your wheelhouse or like did you have to modify things or or did you have to kind of train specific like that second year well i found that when i compared them to like road races because i was doing some marathons that that year too and i just hate hated that like just looking at my watch and being like all right mile 12 okay another mile mm-hmm. mile 13 like i love just having something to break that up because i mm-hmm. i just I get caught in La La Land on a marathon, and I'll just, and I still think I do that in OCR sometimes, like in a beast or something. I'll just like lose my pace, like I'll just kind of relax, go down to an aerobic rate or something. Uh, so I and I, I do agree, like the the grip strength. I didn't fail anything really when I first started. Maybe a spear throw, but like you know, monkey bars weren't a problem for me. Ring like it's so long ago the obstacles were a little bit different but i don't remember anything really giving me trouble so it's like man i'm pretty good at strength if i can just get a little faster i could be pretty good at this Hmm. so yeah and that's that's an interesting point you you bring up about like getting lost in like la la land and 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 for i find it easier to kind of lose my way in an obstacle course race than in like a road race just because you can kind of set your pace and it's like here i am okay like i gotta set, hit this pace like and yeah and like i'm here and like i can kind of go on almost on autopilot right like i'm yeah. here and i can just <laughs> yeah. stay here where in ocr it's like oh there's some fucking roots and like I'm, I'm like moving through this rock and then i get to the other side and i'm like am i working hard still or what where am i what happened like yeah. do you do you constantly kind of put that through your head or are like, how do you stay engaged? How do you stop that from happening? Well, it's an ongoing process. I mean, I still really haven't figured it out. Um, that's why I think, like, like looking at this year, we only had the one big race, but it was just so quick that I don't think I ever had to go into that that la-la land. I keep calling it, but that space where I'm not engaged. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I'm still trying to figure that out, to be honest with you, because – if I can figure it out, like I try to make it like, all right, I got to get to this obstacle much quicker. Like 
if I can get to this obstacle quicker, then, you know, I may pick up some spots or so and such. Um, I do have a problem though, like still hooking on to somebody that passes me. Like I think, all right, I'll, I'll catch him at the next obstacle or something instead of being like, all right, I need to stay on him. Like that's, that's gotta be one of my biggest downfalls is that, um, yeah, just figuring out how to stay engaged in a race like that. And, you know, you have those things that do pop up. I do the opposite. Like someone drops me on an obstacle. I'm like, I'll catch them when I'm able to run on flats a little bit more, you know, like I'll get them then. And like, that's, I play that same type of game and then you just like there, that might not happen. So like, do you, is that kind of how you think about approaching into obstacles? Like, all right, I need to be aggressive into the obstacles and, and move past people on these, or where do you find your strengths on the, on the course? Yeah. Well, I think, yeah, the obstacles are definitely where I think I find my strengths because I'm not the fastest guy in the field. So it's hard for me to run people down. Um, I do, I rely, I try to try to avoid it, but I rely on people or I, I sometimes think like, okay, maybe there's a chance he won't pass this obstacle. You know, maybe he'll miss a spear and then that's my opening. Mm. And I guess I just have like a lot of confidence in my obstacle game. So I just kind of, I just hope that maybe, and I hate that because a lot of these guys are our friends, but it's like, that's a chance for me to get a spot, <laughs> you know, if they fall off an obstacle or whatever. Yeah. So, I'm not mad if somebody misses an obstacle. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> good. <laughs> yeah. I, so, and I, I don't think like, I don't think I have a strength, like a strength that sets me apart from anybody. I just am kind of average or somewhat good at everything. I mean, I'm not like a amazing carry person so i can't be like oh i'm gonna pass this guy on a, on a sandbag or a bucket sometimes i used to think when we could carry the bucket in the front i thought that was one of my stronger games but now we can put it on our shoulders just just another sandbag carry so right um yeah and that's what's interesting about you to me is that like a lot of times these guys they have they do have like a clear strength like we were talking off air and like you know woods is like the fast guy and like um mm-hmm. Atkins is the endurance guy, like the strong guy. And like, everybody has like these pieces and like, we kind of know where their strengths or weaknesses are, but like, you are kind of a jack of all trades. Um, but it's hard, but like from the outside looking in, you would think everybody at that top level, like where you are, I mean, you were sixth at Jacksonville and a U.S. national series race. You have a a U.S. national series race podium. Um, like you're up amongst the elite of the elite without any like real outlier of, a physical gift I would say. So like when I see guys like you, I'm like, how, how's he doing this? Like, how, like, where, like, how does he, how's he in this, the mix the way these other guys are where even like where someone might be stronger or faster than you? Like, so what do you think that boils down to? Like, how do you feel like you are able to compete with everybody when you um, might not have like the outlier ability that some of these other guys do? Yeah, I'm still trying to figure it out. I guess like <laughs> I'm I know for for a fact I'm not one of those person that or one of those people that kill a workout. I'm not going to go out and beat the treadmill challenge workout. I'm not going to go set an FKT. I'm not going <laughs> to do anything like that. So I mean, I've this year I think I hit a 5k like so me and Woodsy do these races to start off the year in about January time frame. And I think I hit like 1648 in a 5k and I was, I was like, all right, I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> and he, you know, he gets under like 16, I think he ran 1545 or something in that race. So he's still a minute ahead of me. Um, but anyway, yeah, so I'm not the fastest runner. Not, I'm not the guy that kills it in the gym. I, I don't know if it's just a mentality thing. Like, I guess just looking, I think I rely on past performances in a way. So like I go in my head and I'm like, okay, I've beaten Woodsy before I can beat him again. And I've podiumed in Asheville like a couple years ago. So I, that's in my head. I'm like, man, I beat Robert Killian in that race. Like that's crazy. <laughs> like I can run with this guy. And so like I, when they go out in, in the lead, I just, I'm like, I belong up here. I need to stay with them. And I, it must just be a mental thing that I just can't tap into. It's just like, I, I just feel like I belong and I'll just work to get there. But then there's also aspects in, or parts of a race where I'm like, I lose, like, I, I'm just like, all right. Yep. I just tell myself like, 
he went by me. He's he's getting further and further away. Okay, yeah, he is better than me. I don't need to be up there. <laughs> it has to be that. Like, it has to have that push and pull. And that's another thing that that I, I find interesting because I'll do that as well. Like, if I'll always like if my fitness is not in a point that I believe that I would be up there with everybody, I have a hard time believing that I belong. Right? Like, yeah. if I'm not going to be as fast or faster than them on, on, on my strengths then like, how can I tell myself, how can I believe that like I have any business beating them? But like you do that, like you just see them, do you just see the person for who they are in the race for what it is and take out all the other pieces of like training and the like actual like physical fitness part? I mean, cause you know, we're, we're talking, um, we're talking like you're like a 30 minute 5k guy. You're not, you're super fit. Like you're fast. Like you ran well across country. You've done, you've done a ton of stuff. Like, um, but like, you know what I mean? Like Woodsy can run under 15 sometimes, you know, yeah. and like a lot of these yeah. guys can, right. And like put uh-huh. in masses of volume. So do you just kind of look at the people and like at, at the race as a whole or like, do you know what I mean? Cause I, I would look at it as like, oh my, I'm not very fit right now. So I'm not even going to put myself in this position because I don't, wouldn't even think I could do that. Or do yeah. you just stick your nose in and see? I think that one. Yeah. I think I just stick it in there stick my nose in from the start and just see how I'm doing that day, basically. Um, I'm not, you know, a lot of people focus on their fitness. Like they'll look at their workouts and be like, okay, I hit these paces in this interval session or this pace in my tempo session. Like I can, like I'm, I'm fit right now. And me, like, unless the workout goes really bad, like the week or two or whatever leading into it. Yeah. Unless it goes really bad. Like I'm not too worried about that. It's more about, feeling in the moment uh Hmm. so yeah if like i feel like i'm in the in the front pack and i feel like i'm not working too hard like i'm gonna stay there like or maybe even go in front like sometimes you know like if i'm feeling really good so yeah it's just more of like having that in the moment feel right and having like an intuitive feel to it because i am more of that person who will look at my my most people are most people really are and I'll go off that, but like, because I did this, this, and this, I will put myself here because that's where my fitness points to, to believe. So like, how do you overcome that? Do you just like, like, how do you, cause to me, I wouldn't, I like would think that like, wh- why would I put myself there if I, my fitness can't like play out? Is it just a matter of like having guts or just not yeah, caring it, yeah. if, if it well, goes yeah, wrong? I think it's, it's, it's a gutsy feel because I'm not necessarily the person that this is going to sound bad, probably like wants to go into a race to win. Like I understand that there are people out there on that day. A lot, I mean, multiple people in most of these championships races that are going to beat me. Um, so if I can go into a race, putting on a goal of like a top five, um, I'm going to be pretty, like, I'm going to do what I can to stay, to get that placing. Um, like go, going off of what you said, like you're more of like the time person. So I think a lot of people in our sport, I mean, not everybody, but did you run in college or no? I did. Okay. Like a lot of people come, a lot of my closer, like I know like Bracken and Kirk, like they came in from a college background. So right. I think a lot of that was based off of paces. So you know your workouts, you've been doing these workouts your whole life, you know, about these intervals and stuff. So, you know, if you're hitting this pace, same pace as I've been hitting in college when I was, you know, running sub 15 or whatnot in a 5k sub 16, like, you know, you're good. Like I, I don't have to worry about that feeling, <laughs> you know, it's not like, it's not that for me. So. And I'm like envious of that a little bit because you did just kind of position it as almost an advantage to not have those numbers to, to go off of. And sometimes Mm -hmm. I feel like I am a slave to that and not just to, (laughs) not just for like where my performance is like, because it's not, I believe it's not apples to apples the way your 5k time is going to present itself on a race at Palmerton. And it shows itself in results too. Right. Right. Like it. So yeah, exactly. Like you could be fast 5k guy and do terrible at these races and it doesn't necessarily translate but like it still is an overall fitness thing. But for my, what I've found is like in, in training, it's hard, it's hard to get away from, from that because there's like, okay, if I ran my intervals in three minutes today, um, and last week I ran them in three Oh three, like I'm now more fit. So I'm like (laughs) following these paces to like 
have like an actual progression to show my fitness so that like I can believe I'm getting better. So like when you train, do you train off of like an intuitive feeling or are you kind of, or or are you kind of going off the numbers and and is that, or do you kind of blend them? It's yeah, it's probably more of a blending thing because so this year I kind of messed around with everything. I switched around quite a bit training wise. So like this year I've decided to kind of try to focus. (laughs) I feel like I'm such a rookie for doing this, but I, I've just started to finally really look at my heart rate. Like I, I've done it before and I've messed around with it and I finally like got a good heart rate strap and I've been focusing on that because I got an incline treadmill this year. And I think that's a really good, a good way to, to work on that because pace on that thing is all over the place. So if I can get like a heart rate dialed in, I feel that, that I'm just kind of playing around with that this year. So, um, I guess that's kind of more of my, uh, my strategy right now so that's the metric and that's that's a i feel like that's a fair metric to follow and i admittedly have also not done that much heart rate stuff i don't love the technology of heart rate things and like it's so i feel like it's just not that reliable yet um i don't have necessarily a good strap and, and and have gotten into it but like from say somebody who's just starting out like and wants to get into this because um, I, I feel like it's going to be more reliable than pace for obstacle course racing because the so, terrain yeah. is so wacky and mm-hmm. because, um, yeah, there's a lot of training on trails or you're doing carries and you want to see how you, you do after you do some burpees or whatever. So yeah. like, what was the first step in learning that? Like, what did you do? Well, you know, st- listen to a lot of podcasts about from people that know it well, you know, and a little bit of research on my own, but I'm definitely more of a, an audio learner or that, or, you know, I learn better that way. So just hearing about other people's experiences with it uh, and just going out for, I mean, I know there's like a, there's a way you can do it. Like the 220 minus your age or whatever will give you your heart rate. So, and I don't think that's very accurate. Um, (laughs) I think you got to get a real VO2 max test done or something like that. Uh, I've never done anything like that, but I can just basing it, mixing it with my, or, cross-referencing it with my pace and my heart rate, I can tell what what works for me. So, like, if I'm down around 130, 140 range, I know that's a good, like, aerobic pace for me. And then once I get into, like, the 160 range, I'm I'm probably getting up there in, in a race pace, really, 160, 170. So that's how I kind of – I translate that to to running now. So, like, on my, my incline trainer, if I, I just try to hover around that one. 160 range when i'm doing a, a hill interval on that and just drop it down to 140 or whatnot when i'm recovering and i feel like this is a much more practical way to use it and and if i use heart rate training at all this is kind of how i do it as well because again yeah, you mentioned that the 220 minus age that is just so arbitrary and that's for like yeah. the general the general public like it's not for runners you know it's not well, for people who are you're you're you got a trainer in background right personal training background mm-hmm. yeah so like wouldn't I don't want this to sound bad, but like wouldn't somebody like you and I that are fit wouldn't our max heart rate be a lot lower than somebody that does? That's not it. That's not the case. No, yeah, that's exactly the case. That's oh, okay. not than someone who's not because like two twenty minus yeah. my age would put it me at like a one ninety, and I don't think I ever ever hit one ninety. And it's and it's different from person to person because there could be someone who produces almost identical race results as you yeah. who can get to like two ten. Yeah. I, I'm on your end. Yours, just from like those numbers that you spit out are, are yeah. relatively low. I know a lot of people who kind of hover 150, 145 for an easy aerobic pace yeah. where I'm like, mine's really low. Mine is like 120. And that's like, yeah. so if I was trying to like push it higher because of um this these zones I'm supposed to be in, like physically, I wouldn't be able to handle it. Like my yeah. musculoskeletal system would just kind of like break down. I just get hurt. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But like taking it the way that you're doing it and be like, okay, because I'm looking at this, this, these numbers so often and feeling my pace, feeling my effort and knowing how this is going to transit, like it's going to give you some sort of data, but that you're able to kind of put together that's personalized more or less. Right. You're like, all right, my race pace, I should be around in one sixties, which is kind of mine too. And that's where I know I'm cranking. Like I can't Mm -hmm. hold that for too long. Yeah. Um, so I think that's a good way to do it. So I kind of like back to how I figured it out, I think. So like this is my first year really going at the heart rate thing. So 
I would know that probably I'm just going to give you some paces now. Cause I think that'll help people figure it out. So like if I'm around seven minute pace, that's, that's a good aerobic. Like that is when I feel comfortable, you know? So once I got the heart rate on, I saw if I'm running about seven minute pace, I'm right around 140. Mm. So then once I would do an interval, you know, if I'm hitting sub five or something or, you know, five, five thirty pace, I would look at my heart rate data afterwards and I'm around, you know, that 160, 165 range. So that's kind of how I figured it out. And I think anybody that's just getting into running, you know, you kind of know when what's a, what's a hard effort and what isn't a hard effort. So I think that's a good way to do it. And that's smart. And that's the way to take both of those things and, 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 and blend them, like we've said before, yeah. and, and taking what you know of from yourself and then taking hard data to, to back it up where going on either isn't great. Cause I feel like if you just go on pace, you might be working too hard and say someone who wants to run at your level or our level or whatever believes that they need to run seven minute pace on their easy runs, but really they should be running eight minute pace. Cause they're not quite aerobically developed yet. And right. like, I need, it needs to be seven. Like it's not fast unless it's seven, but it is fast for them. And that's where heart rate comes in. And I'll be like, well, your easy pace is one sixty. So like, that's not that easy for you. Yeah. 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 So like another, like a, a good way, this was, this morning was great for me, like using my heart rate strap. So I usually run first thing, like I'm up at, I'm, I'm out the door at like five 30 for a run. Let's usually. go. Nice. Yeah, so it's like, I have to, it's just with work and everything going on. So I got to do that. And it's dark out usually. Well, not, not really at this time of the year, but it's dark. And so I don't know what it is. Maybe I'm just still waking up. I'm not really like I'm a lot slower than so like this morning I went out for a run about eight o'clock and my heart rate was about the same but I was like 20 30 seconds faster than I am in the morning (laughs) so it's a good way to like when I realized like this morning I was looking at at my I had it on heart rate and I'm like right around 140 but my miles were about like 645 pace and I'm like well, I don't know. I guess I'm about my heart rate, so I'm good. It's just, you know, because now I feel like if I went out the door and I ran 7.30 like I usually am, I would be doing a disservice to myself. I was probably a lower heart rate. So, right. It's like it's it's a good way to justify your effort and not yeah. needing to and – the, and the other opposite side happens because I'll do that in the mornings. Like sometimes I'll wake up and run early like that, like mm-hmm. not as early, but early. It would be the first yeah, thing yeah. I do. Right. And, yeah, I'm out the door and I'm like – eight tens and i'm like this is impossible this is the hardest thing i've ever done and and like you know yeah like you said if i run at three in the afternoon like i feel great my heart rate's probably even lower and my i'm probably a minute faster yeah Uh, so it's it's good to have those references because your body's still working Uh like your heart is still working at that same and it doesn't necessarily mean the pace has to be that different you're still getting the same stimulus that way um instead of just like pounding it and pounding at the pace or just like really needing to pull yourself back Yeah. yeah um what strap do you have? Oh, it's just a Garmin, some sort of Garmin strap. There's a Garmin one that connects to your... Yeah, I just have a Garmin 235. And I think I just... I Man, I bought the actual chip a long time ago, but my strap went bad. So I just got another Garmin strap on Amazon. But I, I couldn't tell you what which one it is. But it seems super accurate. i tell you one thing. It's a lot more accurate than the rest. Does... like the one that's built into the watch. I was just going to ask that because can Way... you tell? Like, how, do you, how can you tell it's that much better? Uh, the heart rate would jump all over the place with my wrist one, like just the one that's built into the watch, you know, mm-hmm. um, be all over the place. It would give me some wacky numbers, you know, a lot more. I think like I'd probably was over 200 if I looked at my intervals, like my heart rate on intervals based off of my watch. And so I just really, it's just a lot more consistent. I've had them like. I've had times where I've done my warm up and my warm up pace, and then doing like some like threshold intervals, and my warm up mm-hmm. pace heart rate is like twenty beats higher than my actual threshold intervals. I'm like, this watch is just a disaster. <laughs> like this is not yeah. anywhere close to reasonable. Um, and yeah, and then it makes it hard to go off of those. So, do you go into a, a workout with ranges of your heart rate? Um, like I'm, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do seven minutes at uh, like sub uh, or like just above like race pace or something like that or like Wait, how you would, ask, you... would you ask for training you ask for training right or did yeah, you ask if, for... if uh if you're training in oh, training yeah. yeah um 
No, I'm more of a pay. That is when I do look at numbers. I'm more of a number, like a, a pace guy. They're mm-hmm. all numbers. But yeah, a pace guy. Um, and then I'll look at the heart rate data afterwards and see see what it, how it compares to like a previous workout. But I'll go in and set, you know, an interval session. I'll have a certain pace that that I'll have or my coach will give me and that I'll try to hit. Um, yeah. And and when you're like trying to develop a strategy with you and your coach and, you know, like how we talked about, like it seems like the, the mentality that you have is a really strong indicator and, and like thing that you could point to that has led to your success, right? So like when you're evaluating your strengths and weaknesses as an athlete, like how do you go about doing that? And like, how do you, do you build up, do you try to build your weaknesses up or do you try to attack your strengths and kind of make those even higher to where they could be? Or how do you kind of approach that? Well, I think it depends on the time of the year as well. Uh, right now with everything going on, it seems like a good time to go after those weaknesses. Uh, Mm. and I can't say I'm necessarily doing that, but in a way I am because I'm doing a lot more like incline treadmill work and a lot more strength stuff just to, just to kind of stay smooth. And, uh, but I'm not like, I'm not doing a lot of miles. Uh, so like right now, like, a high end for me right now would be about 50 miles. So, so I think it is, I've, I'm just focusing on becoming a faster runner. It's always been that battle with me in the sport. Uh, so like, cause I think that is my biggest weakness. If I could just become a faster runner, I would become better at the sport because I'm usually a hundred percent obstacle completion. Um, so if I if I can just work on my speed, that's that's going to be my big game changer. So, what do you think you would have to be to become satisfied? Like, how mm, fast would you have to get? Like, are we talking time trial times or like, yeah? Like, well, who would you have to be? Is like, be yeah. Like, how would you do that? Would you do it? Would you be like, okay, I need to run a ten k at this pace, or or I need to be be like thirty I, yeah, seconds closer saying. to woods? Like, because I know you 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 know him well, and you kind of train with or around him. Like, mm. how would you know when you are fast enough? If I go sub sixteen, <laughs> yeah, that's got to be. I mean, and I don't think I'm anywhere close to it. In a, in a way, so like I've done workouts before, and this this will become more clear for you, or you could probably make sense of this more since you have a, a running background. But like I've done interval sessions before where I'm like doing four by one mile with like a sixty second rest, and I've ran close to five flat and sub five on those repeats. Really, like it just doesn't make sense to me. With sixty seconds, with sixty second rest, right? So you would think you could do a five k. 16 and at least 16 yeah, yeah, like, yeah. You know, <laughs> but i i don't know if it's just like that temp like um you know sustaining that pace over the time and and staying engaged in it like we talked about earlier but yeah i would say if i could get under under 16 and a 5k i would feel pretty uh pretty confident i could run with anybody yeah because i think that's something that happens a lot too um and I work with the athletes that I coach around this a lot as well as trying to figure out where that is for them mm-hmm. and just like, what is going to make you feel the most comfortable. And, and I know like Bracken's kind of spit out numbers or um, we talked about it before uh, he was on the podcast months ago. And it was like, if you run X time, you should be good in elite. If you run this time, you should be good at yeah. um, age, age group. group but, whatever, but like, yeah. it's, I, it's hard to say, right? Like, because like, it just doesn't really translate. It needs to be that, your own personal feeling on that oh yeah and And like it's just like people like me you know like like you said before it's not i i couldn't if you went off of my 5k time i would be in the back end of the elite i would i would say in my opinion eh, probably you don't think so no nah i i bet you'd be i don't know yeah, still in top like tw- like back end elite maybe he's top twenty but I think yeah. I don't know if, I don't know if there's that many yeah guys you're right not faster I should yeah you're right you're yeah um but like. But yeah, and like so, when you're working on this, are you working specifically at 5k? But because you mentioned you're at incline a lot, and you're not doing a lot of miles. But if you're doing more incline, that's still time spent on your feet. It's going to take away from the miles that you're doing anyway, right? So like, right. 
are you always trying to work on your, your leg turnover or is it like a general fitness then? Yeah, it's definitely, uh, shorter intervals or where I'm trying to gain my, my speed more, more or less. Um, it's hard to really go off of like right now based off of, you know, no races coming up. So basically like once a week I'm doing a, a, a pure speed session. Um, hmm. that's usually like 400s or 800s interval sessions. Um, once in a while I'll do like a tempo effort as well. Uh, and then I just have, I've been doing more interval sessions on the incline trainer and I did that for like a little bit, a couple months ago, I was just on the incline trainer for these, these hard day or these quality day workouts. And once I got back to doing flat intervals, I was still like fast. Like I realized, man, I could knock two birds out with one stone here, you know, like I can get some elevation, you know, get my climbing legs better and then I can get onto the road and, and still run fast. So yeah, because it does, it, it will translate, but it's hard to think that because you're running so much slower. Yeah. Right. Like, so yeah. you're like, uh, I don't really have that. Mm-hmm. But did, were you worried about that? And, and what, like, what kind of things were you doing on a treadmill? Were you still doing like hard, you know, two minute efforts or was it just doing like longer <clears throat> sustained efforts on the treadmill? A mix of everything. It was, it was a lot more intervals. So, like, a lot more like, yeah, I would spend, five minutes or three minutes, probably not five minutes. That'd be pretty killer, but Gosh. you know, at a high heart rate. Um, I usually jack that thing right up cause I got the Nordic track. So I'll be at like 30%. I think four is just a little too much for me. So I'll put it at 30 and you know, I'm only at like now three and a half, four miles an hour and my heart, that's when the heart rate comes in handy, you know? So I'm still at like, I'm looking at my heart rate and it, it's the same heart rate I'll have when I'm doing, sub five minute pace and in, in, in a flat session. So yeah, I just, I just assume that, I don't know. It, it's very tricky. I mean, this is a quite, that's a good question for somebody that really knows running. I don't know why, how it works. That if I'm running so much slower, why is it making me faster on the roads? I mean, yeah, I think it just has a lot of flats. I mean, yeah, yeah it, just, it just has a lot to do with like the actual muscle activation because you're just, working that much harder and it's hard to it's hard to know that that's gonna work <laughs> you know like that like so do, when you do that do you test do you te- like test a flat race before and after an inclined period or like an inclined uh mesocycle or are you just kind of going off of oh i'm i still feel fast based off of my training when i'm going to flats after running on all these inclines like how did you find out that 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 did translate because it was because a, you're right like you hear it all the time you're like oh yeah incline trains to like does um help your flats but yeah. like how did you find that out it's it wasn't like a you know month it wasn't like a four or six week process of just doing the hills so like it'd probably be two weeks of being on the on the nordic track trainer uh, or just doing hills you know and then I would go back and check on the flats and make sure that I was as good, if not better than I was before that, you know, on the, on, on, a, on the similar workout. Hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, that that's really good to know and to do that. Do you like, and along those same lines, and I know this is something that I've resisted, especially when I first came into the sport as, as really kind of a, like a runner dude, like purist asshole runner guy. Like when people <laughs> would talk about like weight vests and all of this the other type of training that would literally make you run slower. I'm like, I don't understand how you could possibly think that you're going to run faster when you train while running slower. It's kind of like the same thing as yeah. the treadmill. Do you do anything like that? Do you load up the running at all? Like, or, or is, are the carries no. in, involved in your training? No, and, I, and there should be more. I think, like, there should be more, like double sandbag. I know that's one of my weaknesses that I need to work on some more. But basically, when I'm doing my quality day workouts, are what a runner would do. They're it's running just like what a basic runner would do, and a lot of like a lot more strength and recovery mixed in. Um, probably only running for four days a week or so. You know, so but I make those sessions count. It's usually just like one, like right now I can tell it's just an aerobic run, maybe two in the week, like a 70 minute run. And then I'll do a quality run 
like a like an interval session or tempo session and then i'll do one more on the trainer the nordic trainer and then i'll do like a long effort on saturday hmm. so nice so, and, and that's there's got- like a lot of strength mixed in there between so it's not like a lot of like compromised running it's just more i set the strength to the side and do it by itself and do you think that the the, the compromised running also and that like the term of that is just, you know, doing like burpees and then doing a 400 and then doing burpees and then doing an 800 um, would be essentially compromised running. And do you feel like that kind of like you don't necessarily need to work on that and kind of goes back to like the mindset and like the toughness and the guts of things and that, that, that it doesn't necessarily need to be trained as long as you are willing to put yourself in a place of discomfort? Or do you feel like there is, do you feel like that, that it does translate to fitness doing something like a compromised run? Oh, it definitely translates. Yeah, translates. I think it's definitely important for like a beginner, you know, somebody first coming into the sport. I think you need to do that because it's going to be a shock to your body. But I've played around with my training modalities so much that I think I have the luxury of being flexible with it. Um, mm. So a couple of years ago, I was doing a lot of that compromise running. Like I, a lot of my sessions were were those burpee, you know, burpees into tempo and stuff like that uh now it's more of maintaining that strength and i i still do a little bit of a compromise like i I mix it in once in a while but i i just like i said i just think i have the luxury of just being able to just kind of do a little bit of compromise running and do a little bit of of separate strength is that just because of experience? Because there is something to be said about experience with these races and you, and you've raced quite a bit. So like, do you think that you just are familiar with what it's like when you're out there and like the, the, like a compromised running workout, isn't it going to pay off physiologically as much as an interval session? That's my mentality. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I don't know. It's just like, I feel that, I know what I need to do to do better, uh, do good in a race. If I can get to the ops, I just need to be like right now, my transitions, if I can get into the obstacle and out of the obstacle quick, then I'm going to make up some time. It's not like for me, it's not, I don't get off an obstacle like a carry and be like, Oh man, it's like, I got to start running hard again. Like it's not, that's not my problem. So that's why I'm just more worked on that, that turnover. Like you say, you know, just, and he's that 800 meters in between the obstacles exactly. where, where it's got, to be. Exactly. and that's, and, and yeah, cause it doesn't have to be one way or the other. And it doesn't have to be all these things wrapped up at once. It has to be built out for like what you specifically mm-hmm. need. And yeah. I feel like that is like the, the problem that ends up happening. Everyone tries to do everything all at once. It's like, okay, well I need to, then they're doing like three or four quality workouts a week and that's just too much. And like, yeah. you're never really going to yeah. get better at anything that way. Um, so with this all wacky, you know, like no races necessarily anytime coming, when do, when do you think we'll get back out there? Do you have any, do you even try to speculate or are you just kind of like, ah, whatever. Every time they come out with a schedule, it seems like they, the next day or a couple of days after they're saying, oh, no, we're going to have to move it again. So, you know, I don't know. I kind of have a little bit of faith that West Virginia is going to happen. I do like a little bit, but the good thing about that is that it's going to be a sprint if they even have it. So we're not jumping right into a beast distance. That's why I feel like, you know, like my, I don't need to be ready. Like I don't need to prep for these longer, mm. these longer hard efforts right now. So I think we're, that's a really good thing for us. So it's, you know, it's, it's an actual like progression almost. We're not going to kill ourselves, you know, like usually we're hitting beast, hard beast races by the time we hit June. So yeah, body was going to respond a lot better, I think. And like, I, I'm not. I think West Virginia, they were having like they didn't have a, a big problem, um, and it's going to be state by state. Like, right? They just had a race in Florida, so like, <sighs> it's going to be depending on who's willing to host a race. So they might. I don't know. I'm not dialed in with West Virginia politics, but right. it could happen there. Um. So, but like, even during this time, and that's what August. So yeah, it's uh, end of August. Yeah. So that'll be here soon. It's like mid June. Yeah. 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 So like half months about, right. So like if that was a race that needed to happen, like now's the time to really kind of start cranking things up. Like there's Mm no, like we can't start in two weeks, you know, like be ready. So like during this time, like how have you been able to harness your focus? Has it been hard to 
continue to train because I've definitely had some ups and downs. Like I was mm. all about it when Jacksonville ended. And then even when those races started getting canceled, I was still like, whatever, I'm crushing them. I'm, I'm going to keep going. And then, uh, then like a month ago, I was like, I don't know what to do anymore. <laughs> um, well, so how, I, how have you kind of handled similar, this? I mean, yeah. Very similar situation. Yeah. So, you know, like after it ended, I said, yeah, I can stay pretty sharp. You know, it'll be all right. I'm having fun. I'm still motivated, you know, like just part of my day, you know, getting tra- training in. And then I find myself like last weekend, I was like, man, I got a lot going on. I'm going to miss my, my long run on Saturday. And I always do my long run Saturday. But I'm like, man, we ain't got a race for like three months. What does it matter? You know, I can right, miss right. a day. <laughs> so, uh, but I, I just think I've, uh, be, I'm more, I'm definitely a type of person that likes my routine and, I, and consistency. I don't like to change it up. So that's like a great thing or a great problem to have for me. So, you know, every day I just know like I got to do some sort of a workout and, and, uh, and I've been able to do like some other stuff that I wouldn't be able to do if we had a race coming up, you know, like I don't feel as bad. Like I, I've always had this struggle of looking at like my miles per week and then having a battle with that. So like, if I look and I'm like, Man, I'm doing 30 miles this week. Ooh, Woodsy got 70 in. Man, I ain't <laughs> ever gonna catch him. <laughs> what am I gonna do? So like right now I don't even care though about my miles. I'm just like, all right, I get to lift some weights today. That's cool. Just the variety is kind of keeping me motivated. The and variety not, in workouts. That's nice to have too. Mm-hmm. So, so it's not just this always constant, like looming, like gotta get this in. This has to happen. Like yeah. um being able to add a little bit of that variety in. Um, have you felt so, so it was just kind of like, all right, this is just what I do. So I'm just going to keep doing it. Yeah. Yeah. But it's definitely not like more, it's not, it's nice that it was not like a race specific build, you know? So mm-hmm. it's just, it's kind of just like just chilling, you know, just doing your own, like still doing those nice Saturday long runs for me. They're like, I enjoy them. So like, I'm not worried about putting in a lot of quality on Saturday. It's more just enjoying myself on these, like if, I'm run, like on these long run days, I can still do 16, like 14, 16 miles comfortably. Like I'm like, all right, once it's time to race, I think I can just sharpen this and I'll be good to go. Nice. That's the mentality I have at least. <laughs> and coming into the season, like what kind of the, what were some of the goals that you had coming in? Man, it seems like so long ago now. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> uh, my training was, I was feeling pretty fit, you know, and over the winter, like I was, starting to hit some paces again that I wasn't like hitting the previous year, you know, like I was, I was getting quick and I was like, man, you know, I think Jacksonville is going to go pretty good for me. I'm going to shoot for a podium. I fell short at that goal, but you know, it was, I was still very pleased with how that race went. Um, and I was excited after that, you know, I was like, all right, I am, I positioned myself in I'm sixth place right now in the series. I can really, I can maybe make my way up for a top five. And with all the different series going on, you know, some people might drop out. They can't do all the races. And I said, top five series goal, you know, that'd be an awesome goal to get. And obviously this all changed things. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I did have a little bit of concern because Jacksonville was such a a quick race that it was basically an all-out sprint, you know. So there wasn't a lot of strategy well, there was strategy, but there wasn't a lot of like, you know, pacing yourself. It was just kind of balls to the wall from the start. So I did have a little bit of a concern that maybe I didn't have those longer hard efforts in. So I was going to start maybe progressing that way and getting mm-hmm. in more of like a six mile tempo versus like a three mile tempo. Cause that's where I struggle is when I get into the longer hard ones, I'll lose, like we talked about earlier, like just losing focus and, and, uh, losing losing the race like losing focus into the race mm-hmm. so, yeah yeah so um and i mean that that like you mentioned that's helpful i guess the next couple are going to be sprints like they were saying everything was going to be a sprint at least i don't yeah, know what races so. are going to be are going to be what now and i guess they're what they were going to do utah at the same time as west virginia but now that i can't do utah that's it's just west virginia as part of the national series and have they backed any other ones up the next, I feel like the next race on the schedule is West Virginia. Like they had this Florida race, but I know there was a, 
like I'm in North Carolina, there was a Fayetteville race and there was an Asheville race, and both of those are done. Like they're not. They're canceled. Yeah, they're canceled until. So I think they pushed all the way back until set. August would be August. End of August would be West Virginia. Oh yeah, because I think they yeah I think they canceled most races through August too, except West Virginia, I guess. Whatever. So how have you uh, kind of adjusted your goals then? Because like that's somewhere I've been all out of sorts now too because i'm gonna have a personal conflict like an in like non-negotiable personal conflict on west virginia like i can't go yeah so like like so the national series was really on my radar anyway this year yeah and i was gonna do more like stadiums or like deca fit or high rocks like but who knows with that now so i'm kind of in this space where it's like do i just have to wait and see what's going on with these races and like or, or like where are you at now are you just doing that or are you just hope like trying yeah, to figure I'm, out where I'm to go kind of more and just like wait and see mode and just doing like enjoying myself and training you know like i'm not worried about it too much i decided or me and my girlfriend decided to buy a house uh and so we're in that Congrats. process right now thank you yeah. <laughs> we're in that process right now and i'm the best man in my best friend's wedding in the fall so i got all that going on like honestly this is a good year for this to happen for me i got a lot <laughs> going on <laughs> so racing is just kind of like in the back of my head right now. Like I got a lot going on, so I'm fine. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable with it. You know, it's not, I know there are those people out there that are really struggling to find the motivation and everything, but I got a lot of other hobbies that are keeping me focused or keeping me going. Yeah, man. And that's as long as you can be flexible with that and being able to adjust on the fly and, and just mm-hmm. stay training, like, you know, like, and, uh, like is routine something that you've always been has been part of like your um just like your day-to-day when it comes to training or is that something you've developed uh no i think that's something i've always had especially like the military uh you know it was always deadlines in the military and time you know so like i always set those for myself um yes i don't know it's just i since the military i've just kind of been that way and I get a lot of crap for it, but because like my girlfriend <laughs> will be like, "You never break away from your routine. We gotta stick to the routine all the time." I said, "Yeah, we do." <laughs> You're like, correct. That is correct. exactly right. Because <laughs> yeah. that's another thing with this. There is now reason to break routine um, because there's just so much more uncertainty. And if people aren't working, or if they're working yeah. from home, or if their kids are home, like there's so much oh, yeah. different. I different can't shit. imagine. Yeah, no, like I don't either. have any of that problem. Like. Every, nothing's really changed for me. I still work the same hours. I'm still working the same times. You know, my girlfriend's still got the same thing going on with her work. So life hasn't really changed much for us. That's why I think I'm just still in my routine. You know, just not, I just don't have races to train for. and I'm not traveling as much for races. So everything's pretty much status quo for me. And that's helpful that like that, that routine can, can kind of stay in place. And that, I mean, it sounds like you would have made a routine around whatever changes happened probably yeah <laughs> but <laughs> but it's good to keep that because that is something that it, that is a struggle and just making a routine around whatever whatever you have available to you is is gonna be helpful in these like uncertain times yeah yeah um well cool man um so i don't want to keep you all day but i do appreciate popping on giving us some insight into your training and who you are as an athlete and everything like that um so where can we find you on like social or you you uh have anything you want to plug i know i know you're drinking a shock energy drinks Heck yeah i am just crushing that thing <laughs> what's the best me. flavor i've had i have not haven't had it had any what's you haven't had one flavor? huh the, I, I was gonna i assume they were gonna be at the races right where they go yeah into, they were I'm right i just haven't sure, had yeah. a chance I yeah just, they were in jacksonville you didn't get one there they were yeah I bolted. Oh. I did. I raced like like I raced like such a oh, pussy okay. that I was just like I'm leaving. I don't want any. I don't want any rogue chips. I don't, I don't, I don't want, want any. I don't want nobody any. Wants rogue chips, man. Except I, for Kirk. <laughs> I know he's got to ride for rogue. I'm actually okay with those. Like I I was because uh, from a practical standpoint, they have like 20 grams of protein and almost yeah. no fat. So like as long as you don't open them and think they're gonna taste like pringles like <laughs> you can't be like oh these are chips they're yeah. not they i mean are. i've eaten them before after or after a race it's not, not the worst re- thing to have <laughs> they're weird after a race because it's like i always picture like racing in the summer and just being so thirsty and then i got these <laughs> these like dried chicken chips and they're so dry <laughs> like, they just are the least satisfying thing ever and like they're good good treats for my dogs 
Just put it that way, dude. Yeah, I could, I could see that, but I could see him being good in a pinch if you travel yeah. and like you have a tough time getting in protein. There's these dried chips, just they're fine. Or if you like there it, you if you like eating chips, I'll, I'll, I'll go to bat for Rogue. Um, <laughs> I recommend yeah. the A shocks though, the adrenaline shock. <laughs> no, what is uh? So they're like flavor what, wise. Yeah, what's a good flavor? Uh, I gotta go with either cotton candy, acai mm-hmm. berry, or frozen ice. So the white is the frozen ice, the pink is cotton candy, the purple is acai berry. Does frozen ice taste like the Gatorade? Yeah, lemon it's like ice a lemon or? lime. Yeah, it's like a lemon lime type type flavor. It's good stuff. Frozen ice, and it's like, and it, it, what is there a difference in like the energy drinks? Like, how do they differentiate themselves? Are they kind of like uh, in that like are they kind of like a bang or they have creatine in it? Or yeah, they. I don't think actually adrenaline shock. I don't think it has creatine in it, um, but it's. All their caffeine's natural and uh, from ocean minerals and stuff like that. Um, zero sugar. It just it's if you look at their ingredients, there's not really anything on there that's horrible for you. It's a lot of caffeine, and I'm sure that's not good for you. But I'm not I, the guy you want to be asking for nutrition advice. I'll put you <laughs> say that right now, <laughs> dude. No, there's no problem with. Oh, I mean, if you're drinking caffeine like late at night, like that's not. Good yeah, yeah. It. I Is will warn like- you: do not drink them at like after three o'clock or you won't sleep. <laughs> it's like no do you, crash. <laughs> do you drink them before your workout or do you get one in before your five, five thirty? or? Yeah, no, to- no. I, it's hard to run on them. Uh, like right away, you know, like the carbonation, yeah. I'm not very oh, good yeah, yeah, with the yeah. carbonation, but honestly, you know what the best, like, and I haven't done this with a race yet, but for workout wise, if I have a quality day coming up, I definitely drink one the day before because hmm. I, I think I, like I drink a lot of water and I think sometimes I overhydrate, but these, this has, uh, electrolytes in it. And I think it's, I think that's helping. So I don't know. I, I wake up fresh for the workouts, ready to go. And I get a good night rest usually as long as I don't drink them too late. So, cause that can be a thing, especially this time of year where it is so hot and you're sweating so much. If you're just yeah. drinking water and not taking in any other type of minerals, like you can be out of balance. So, oh yeah, just, just slam down uh, cotton candy A shock and you're yeah, ready to rock. Dude. Good to go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, check out the A shocks. Where can we find you on social? Oh yeah. Probably Instagram's the best. Facebook's become kind of a weird place. Uh, Instagram at, at Beagle Whiskey. My last name is G-O-W-I-S-K-I. There ain't going to be another Gawiski or Beagle Whiskey, so don't worry about it. That's all you. It's a unique got, last name. Got the <laughs> lockdown on that on that yeah. handle. Um, yeah, I, when I Googled your name, and uh, they instantly tried to correct your – like Google was like, did you mean Glow Whiskey? I was <laughs> <Yeah>. like, no. <laughs> I was like, I, I put, typed in what I meant. Well, um, I got a lot of – now on google from these spartan races though they you come up first like it's all you yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's all it's like instagram like that a couple other profiles that you've had and a couple of race results and stuff like that it's all yeah. you on that yeah. um so go brian gowitzki on google be hey. on ig Perfect. Um, well cool man <laughs> uh thanks again for stopping and when i press stop we'll stay on this but i uh, appreciate you guys hanging in listening uh brian appreciate you listening and dropping that knowledge man yeah appreciate it rich thanks